Aalto University podcast. In the Adventures in Entrepreneurship Law podcast series, Petra Hietanen-Kunwald and Kalle Airo from Aalto University explore business law from an entrepreneurial point of view with expert guests. In some episodes, their co-host is Moritz Scherleitner. The podcast content is meant for education and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Understanding the basics of intellectual property law is essential for any entrepreneur. In this episode, Petra is joined by Timo Helosuo, CEO of Colster Limited. They explore how entrepreneurs can protect and profit from their ideas through intellectual property rights. We will learn about patents, trademarks, copyrights, and trade secrets, and discuss how they can be used to create value. So IPR is essential for many startups and companies. They help them protect their inventions, add value to their, to their business, and secure funding. But they are also a very complex topic, and for many startups, it's difficult to navigate through the legal landscape. We will talk about IPR today with Timo Hellosor. Hello, Timo. Thank you, Petra. Hello. So, what can you tell us about you? Well, I'm the, um, spending most of my time with innovations. So, I'm the CEO of uh, uh, Colster IP law firm. Then, I'm the angel investor for startups and also uh, working actively in the trade association to helping uh, companies to go uh, internationally. Okay. Why, why is entrepreneurship, you're doing a lot of work with entrepreneurs, why, why is it important to you? Well, entrepreneurship is very close to my heart because what these people are doing, they are challenging the status quo. They are providing like uh, new things that are better, that are uh, more efficient, they are really like uh, thinking how to do things differently. And typically, they are better for the nature and env- environmentally uh, better. So with entrepreneurship, we are like reshaping the world to be the better place. So we're talking today about IPR. What is IPR? <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. And I uh, quite often is, uh, try to describe to my uh, friends and relatives. Um, it's about uh, intellectual property rights. So property that is not like a physical. Typically, we are talking about patents, uh, trademarks, like branding, uh, copyrights, um, uh, different designs, and uh, also say, their trade secrets. Okay, uh, there are quite of a lot of different. Uh, it's like quite a lot of different IPR. Uh, let's start with the maybe easiest one to protect. What are what can you tell us about trade secrets? Yeah, good question. So trade secret is uh, slightly different than other uh, uh, IPRs. So uh, trade secret is like the name is it's something that is secret. You are not telling anybody, and it's extremely important that the companies know what are those essential trade secrets that they have. They could be agreements. They could be uh, non-disclosure agreement with the suppliers or founders. Uh, they could be like um, the way how they are working internally or the processes. So all that kind of uh, things that 
would be crucial to keep the company by themselves, not sharing with anybody. Other intellectual property rights are typically something that needs to be public, like a patents, you are opening everything publicly, copyrights, of course, trademarks, everybody knows those. So that makes trade secrets totally different than the other IPRs. How do you protect trade secrets? So, so what do you have to do that it remains a secret? Typically, it's very good to, first of all, know what are those secret elements that you want to keep the trade secrets. And then also uh, have a good culture in the company that everybody knows that these are the some that we are not sharing with anybody. And if you share something with your supplier or um, company that you are working with, you make that kind of documentation. So that, okay, it's agreement that both parties knows that, okay, this is something that is not going to be shared with everybody. Okay, so you also need to, first of all, know what, what is the trade secret and then have some kind of, of protection. And then if you share, you have to have a, a contract and agreement in, in place. Yes, most common uh, way of how to document in is NDA uh, with your uh, partners or suppliers um, so that everybody is agreeing that, okay, this what we are talking about is, is a secret and it's belonging to you. It's belonging to me, so that they you want to avoid the discussion later on that it was fuzzy who owns what and what is secret and what is not. So it's important to be clear about everything. Yes. Uh, just to, to, uh, for our students, what is an NDA? Uh, it's basically a document where you are saying that you have principles that uh, everything that you are talking now is a trade secret and it's it's uh, about you are owning that. And both parties are like uh, okay with the idea that okay, even I'm hearing like uh, your ideas, so I cannot take and steal those and claim that they are mine. So if I'm hearing those, and for the startup companies especially, you have the great idea, new way of operating. So you want that your uh, potential partners recognize that they are your own property, mm. so that they are not taking it from you. And that's why it's so important that you have that kind of document before you are opening your yeah. secrets. So be others. before you're telling to your investors, you should have an NDA in place, yeah, yes. and a non-disclosure agreement in yes. place. And uh, quite often, like large companies or investors, they also uh, are asking for NDA because it's also like uh, providing uh, the, um, good for them, because if they have been doing something like that already before. So then they guess, okay, we are already working in this area. So it will be, uh, there will be no that kind of a uh, case later on that uh, who owns what. Okay. So then let's start about to, uh, to talk about patents. Mm. That's the more, a bit more complicated or trade secrets, of course, it's important and complicated, but the, the, the process you get Patents is, is very different. So what are patents? Yeah, patents are something, uh, new things. It could be like a way of doing things. It could be like a design. It could be like a, a technology uh, that can be utilized in different ways or, or even like a machine or different kind of things. The whole idea of the patenting is that you are claimed that this is unique, this is new, and we are talking about novelty. Uh, it's something that you need to start registering for yourself. We are going to apply the patents and start doing that process before you are telling it anybody or showing that to the trade shows or having the presentation publicly. Because after that, it's not new anymore. Mm -hmm. 
So something that is like a new, unique, uh, and there's like a new innovation, you may start applying the uh, patent for that. And typically it start uh, with a, like a professional IP attorney or somebody who is helping them to drafting the document and starting the process of patenting. The process itself may take years. It could be like, like a few steps when the, you know, the patent and register office is saying that, hey, they are not sure if this is like a new enough. And then you need to like respond, okay, this is why we need that it is. So since this kind of uh, office actions, like they are calling them, there may be few of those, so the process may, may take a long time. However, when the patent is granted for you, it has been effect from the first day you put the like applications in. And that's why you can see why it's so important that you start processing. And, uh, and, and also the, uh, for the startup companies, you know, you have these good ideas. It's very important when you are calculating your valuation for the founding routes that they know, okay, we have started patenting these elements, even the patents have not been granted yet. So, so Timo, what for, what the, can you tell us an example of what can be patented, yep. protected? Yes. So first of all, something that you want to patent needs to be that kind of novel uh, and not obvious stuff, and something that you can also use as an industrial application. So it's something that you can then utilize. Uh, uh, examples of patents can be, you know, it could be like a, a product uh, or machine. Uh, could be process how you're manufacturing something or it could be like a composites of materials like a chemical uh, elements for example okay and and the important thing is that it's unique uh, novel so so it should it should be something new yeah that's a very critical point so uh, it's, it's novel that nobody has done it before and during the process that will be checked and challenged. And your competitors will challenge that as well, because they may claim that, okay, oh, it's not new. I have done it already. So you, you, that's why you need to have like a good application that is really describing and uh, having the proof that it's like a new uh, or, or novel. Why it's important that it's new? It's something that you have not uh, shared with anybody before. You don't, if you have had like a presentation, a trade show, or you've been at a trade fair, it's not new anymore because you have been like a release that for everybody. So that's why it's important that when you think that, hey, this is something unique, we would like to apply a patent. So uh, start the process first, and then you can go to the trade first, and then you can show it any, anybody, even the process is going on, because the protection is starting from the day that you will uh, put the, you know, the applications in. So, so you should contact a patent attorney and they will, will help you, and then also see where you should protect it, because it's it's... You can protect it in Finland, you can protect it in Europe, and, and, and this is what you need to decide. Yeah, most often uh, companies are using uh, like the professional patent attorney. Mm -hmm. And the reason, of course, is that, you know, you are making the application in a way so that it's like meets the requirements for the like, uh, uh, official uh, offices in different uh, countries. And uh, also, they may help you of writing the application slightly different way based on what are you going to do with the patent? Because sometimes the patent is something that, you know, you just want to stop that nobody else is using the same idea. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's something that, hey, this is a great thing, but we don't have capacity of manufacturing by ourselves. So we are going to license it. And you are making business with licensing. So then you are drafting it slightly different. Or then if you know that 
you will end up to the court of fighting. So then you are like uh, writing in a slightly different way. So that's why it's really good to use the professional from the beginning and it will be like a cheaper for you for the long term. So when sometimes when we have a situation where there are founders, there's a company, there's a startup, there might be employees. Uh, so so somebody might invent somebody <laughs> something. Who owns these inventions? Well, it depends. So if taking that a simplistic way, so if you are inventing, if you have in, inventing something during your work, uh, you know your workplace, and you are doing that by you know as work, like you could be like a researcher, you are finding something new. Then normally it belongs to the employer because you are getting the salary of doing the research work, and then you know end result will be uh, the innovation. But it could be that you are inventing something that is not necessary, something that the company, your employer is, is utilizing. Then it will end up like your uh, property. But based on this uh, legislation that we have, there's a certain like a rules for the companies that you are reporting that, hey, I have invented something and then the company is making decision. Either they would like to have it and compensate to you or then they can see, hey, you can keep it. Okay. What is very important for the startup companies is because quite often the founder is somebody who has invented it. It's good to like remember that if the person has invented it and if there's a startup company, so then when you have funding uh, funding route, uh, the question is, okay, who owns this IPR? Is this IPR company owned by company or the inventor? And obviously you are getting the money and funding round for your company. So it's important that the the in inventions and patents and brands are then like owned by the startup company. So please put that kind of some, uh, you know, uh, accent to check that, you know, the ownership of, of that is, is, is very clear. So it's just like I made the documents that, you know, how you are uh, sharing the innovation or if the company is buying that from you. Yeah. So, so you have, to, uh, yeah, the, I think this is uh, very important for, 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 for our listeners, or our audience. Uh, that it's really, really crucial to know who owns what. Yes. And and you can transfer this by means of contracts or licenses, uh, but it is very, very important to know for funding and also otherwise that uh, who that you know that for the company owns the IPR. Yes. So as quite often when we are talking about uh, funding round funding rounds with a, a startup. The question is that what is your IP portfolio? Mm -hmm. So what are those IPs that you own? Uh, the basic stuff is, of course, that you own your name. You have registered your trademark. Mm -hmm. So you have you have the ownership for your name. That's that kind of a basis. Uh, and then if you have, if there are any that kind of uh, innovations like a patents, so even the process is going on, you know that okay, this is ours. Mm -hmm. So it means that you have the the value of the companies then larger than without those. And of course, you want to kind of optimize your valuation as high as possible before the uh, funding rounds, because that's the way how you are getting the more uh, investment money with the better terms and conditions. Uh, so there are different uh, intellectual property rights. Uh, let's talk about copyright. So it, it's different from patents, for instance, because you do not need to apply for anything. Mm. So how does it work and what can be protected? 
from yeah. this product. Yeah, you're right. So that makes it different. So when you have created something, it could be like a book or picture or something, then you have the copyrights by default for that. In some countries, however, it would be good of register that, okay, you own this copyright. And especially those countries, that helps you then to like license your copyright for others. So quite often, uh, if you want to use your commercially your copyright, you need to have some kind of like a format for that, that then you can like a license or sell or something for your copyright. Can you tell us an example for a copyright? What would be a, a, an important example with everybody? Well, I think that most people uh, know the most common copyright is about uh, like a music or movies, or um, we are talking about a lot of how to handle the copyrights if you are making TikTok videos or uh, you are uploading something funny to the social media. So actually we are, we are utilizing different kind of content, could be like a pictures or voice or stories. And then we are actually handling the material that somebody has the copyrights. And that especially companies, it's very important to know that, okay, if you are using somebody else's copyrighted material, so do you have the, you have agreement that you can use it, and then you have like agreed the compensation or some these kind of things. So, so you always need to, before putting a, a picture on your website, you need to check who owns the picture, for instance, or the, or, or the movie, or who has the rights. And then you have to acquire these rights or check what what kind of license you could get to use this. Yeah, I would be quite I would be quite careful when you are using that in commercial sense. So of course, like when people are using that by you know personal interest, it's slightly different. But now we are talking about entrepreneurs and companies and startups. So I wouldn't mess up with the just using somebody else's property without having permission to use it. Yeah. There are of course like a like in always, when we talk about legal stuff, there are exceptions. But that kind of rule of thumb is that if you are using anybody else's content, just check that it's possible to use it. And then you can also, like for pictures you mentioned, there are like a, a plenty of sources where you can buy the license, uh, either license-free pictures or then like you are paying for that. And then you are 100% sure that you can use it. So and and you also can transfer these copyrights then and and and, and yeah. they are also transferable. Yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, one great uh, like a element of of the intellectual property rights is that it's you know it's a it's like an asset that when you own it, you can sell it, you can license it, you can share it. So basically, it's the way how you can create uh, revenue for yourself mm. and. The one good example is that, you know, uh, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who have like a good patents, but they don't have like a capacity of building the manufacturing or factories or something. They don't need. They can license the idea. They can license the patent and somebody else is having the funding of building the factories. But sti still you will get like a revenue. I would say that probably one of the Finland's most profitable companies are moving characters. Oh. It's just like owning the copyrights and, and designs for the movements and they are selling the license and making a pretty nice money of that. So you even like a content creator is something that, you know, you can make your living when you are handling your rights and uh, license those and uh, do it the right way. Uh, so what is the most valuable intellectual property right? 
Well, if you are asking from the author of the books, obviously it's like a his or her book. But uh, traditionally, I think that the uh, people are quite often talking about the patents. So uh, let's have an example that you are in pharmaceuticals, you are having an excellent medicine and uh, you have the patent for that. And normally that's, well, normally patents are about 20 years uh, type of, for the medicine is slightly, slightly uh, larger. It means that you have that kind of monopoly for that, uh, for that time that the patent is valid. So that's the time that you are making money. And then we are talking about uh, even tens of billions of uh, euros that you can earn with your patented technology or, or, or compositions during that time. That's like an example of, of that kind of patents. But it could be also brand. If you think about Coca-Cola, it's uh, one of the most valuable brands in the world. And they have not necessarily changed the main brand itself a lot during the tens of years. But it's that kind of, uh, you have a lot of challenging, uh, you know, uh, drinks uh, trying to fight for the first place. But still, a Coke brand is, is pretty high. Value. And that's mostly built on the brand and not on a patent because it's a trade secret, isn't it, like this in Coca-Cola? Uh, yeah, the trade secret, in that sense, the trade secret is what kind of a recipe yeah. they have to make the a taste. But uh, they have even changed the recipe during the years. But they have maintained the, the like a mother brand that is Coca-Cola. Then, of course, they have like a different sub brand under it. But that's when we are talking about IPR strategy and how you are building the like a brand architecture and that kind of stuff. The good example also is the uh, like a Nokia that originally had like a multiple brands like a Mobira and Technophone and you name it. And the company made like a big decision that all the products will be named by Nokia and then some numbers. Oh. For like a normal consumers, we really didn't get what is the logic for those numbers. Of course, there were some because almost everybody were engineers. But the beauty was that what people remember, they remember the Nokia. Yeah. And that's the way how Nokia came from that kind of from middle of nowhere to be the one of the most valuable brands in the world. And, and this is good example that even from the startups, when the companies are considering how to build the brand strategy, they may think that, okay, are we growing this company for a long time? Or do we have like a different elements in our business? And we made that kind of a sell part of our business in the future. So these are the good questions that when you are planning your strategy for building your brand. So you, you talk about strategy. That's one question I, I would like to, uh, I would have is, uh, uh, in general, what, why are we, we, you have touched on this subject already, but why are or is IPR so important for the entrepreneur? How, how can he, the entrepreneur use, use IPR? Well, I would say that, that um, if you think about the client side or customer side, so uh, of course you have something unique that you are providing to the marketplace. Mm. And uh, if that is very good, there will be a lot of competition. If you think about the brand, the question is that how consumer can then recognize, okay, this is the brand that I love, even there are almost similar brands in next to that. So that's, you know, you keep yourself the essential part so that client recognizes, okay, this is you, this is what I want to buy. Or it could be that in technology, if you have something unique that is really, really cool thing, everybody wants to do that cool thing. 
So you want to keep those other competitors that they are like uh, coming late or behind of you, and you are that kind of leader in that, that technology. And, and this is the way how you can uh, keep your position as a, a forerunner in, in technology area or like a brand image in consumer's mind that you are the real thing. So, so pet, uh, intellectual property is important for the entrepreneur. When, when we think about many entrepreneurs, they do not only uh, operate in the, in the Finnish market, for instance, or in the domestic market, but they want to expand to internationally. Is there, do you have to apply everywhere for a different protection or how does it work? Yeah. Like a basic idea here is that the, uh, the intellectual property rights are based on the location of country. Of course, if you're taking United States, it's like a big market and you can handle that with the one, one uh, patent. But if you think about the uh, other countries, uh, you just cannot have that kind of one patent and cover the whole world with that one. And that's why it's important for the companies to consider, okay, what are those markets that you are going to enter in the near future, and then ensure that you have your patents valid in those countries, and your brand is like uh, registered, and they are like uh, uh, valid there. There's also another thing is that you may consider that uh, and may check the new markets. That are there any that kind of requirements that are stopping you to go there? Because your competitor competitor may have uh, done some intellectual property work for the patents that they, are, they have taken that markets already. So you cannot go with a similar kind of technology with that market. So we are talking about freedom to operate type of uh, search. But this is, these are like a practical things that companies are normally doing when they are considering the new markets. So, so they are checking where, they, where to apply, they are checking what kind of strategy, so you really have to build a strategy on how, how you, if you want to go international. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we are talking about this like a strategy, but for, I would say that it's more like a clear, it's like a clear steps that, okay, when we are growing, when we are taking the new markets, what is the order and what are those things that we need to do now? What are those things that we can do later on? So that's kind of a, the basic idea of the IPS strategy. So usually you start in the, if you're a small company or a small startup company, you start in the domestic market, maybe some European. Yeah, th that has been the, uh, quite often the case. However, now we have seen more this kind of a born global type of companies that then they're like, a, especially in the uh, internet business or uh, software as a service type of eco ecosystem. So then you are going directly to the uh, larger market. So then from the IPA perspective, you have slightly different approach. But for those companies who are starting in Finnish market, it's quite uh, simple to make everything here and then, you know, go forward. In Europe, we have like a European patent and European trademark. So you can apply the whole Europe as a one. And that's obviously like a one, one good way of doing it. Uh, so when we, we, we were talking about that so smaller companies or startups, of course, they sometimes may start domestically or depending on their product. but. In general, when should they start? When should an entrepreneur start to think about IPR? Um, like, like a two approach. One approach is that you, go, you, you start just working and then somebody is claiming that, hey, you guys are infringing my 
like a copyright or uh, like our patents. So you are like trying to do it in that kind of a good faith, but that's not good approach. So it, it's basically that when you establish the company, you want to have like a name for your company. You have like a name for your product. Register that name to you so that you don't need to change your brand in later on if you are going to the new market. You can check if that name is uh, used already somewhere where you are going to go. Uh, if it's not, please register it. If you find out that, hey, exactly the name that I love that I have put all my heart and my exercise in the last three, three years, I don't want to change that. Still, I want to go to that market and there's somebody already. It's much cheaper to change it in that time than rather than having another brand and then having like a two brands and trying to manage with those. And this is, however, quite often the case, you know, if you have not checked that your name is something that can be registered in different countries. So put your, like a, register your name as a trademark first. And then when you have like a new innovations that can be patented, uh, you may start the process for doing that. And then of course the trade secret Keep your documentation in good, good uh, shape and use these non-disclosure agreements when discussing with your secrets with anybody. And that you can do right from the beginning also. Yeah. So it's just, you when, should do it right from the yeah. beginning. It's, it's not difficult. You just have a basic principles that whenever you are going to the new business meeting, this is the paper. Both parties agree that everything that we are talking here is okay. confidential. That's the basic idea of NDA. Yes. So yeah, that's very good advice because for practical advice probably for the for the startup companies. Um, let's talk about infringements. So so you said that uh, you you need to be careful that you do not infringe another uh, company's rights, patent rights, trademarks, uh, also or, or copyright. Uh, what happens if there is an infringement? Yeah, quite so. When you notice that you know somebody is infringing your your properties, it uh, first of all you need to act. So uh, if you're not acting, so it's you know quite bother then of having that kind of uh, pro uh, protection. Uh, normally you are sending a letter, or then you have like an attorney or somebody who sends the letter for the other party and claim that hey you guys are now using my uh, like intellectual property rights and stop it. It could be that. Um, Either hap there happens something or not, and then you can may uh, start negotiating uh, if there are different alternatives. If that is a negative, still the case may end up to the court, and this is the way how it goes further. I would say that most of the cases, uh, if there is that kind of unconscious way of, of doing, just by you know not with the purpose, but, you know, a mistake has happened, the letter is good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, but in those cases that go to the court, they will be like a long and very expensive, uh, like a mistakes for those who have been infringed your rights. Yeah, so regarding this later alternative, so if I, if, if there's an entrepreneur or a startup who owns, has, has made it done it all by the book they they have applied for their trademarks they have uh, the patents and so on still there's might be a competitor who is infringing the rights uh, might go to the court uh, it it is it very expensive to defend yourself and is it 
possible at all? Well, it is possible, but uh, each case is so different. So it's hard to say what would be the cost for uh, uh, defending yourself. But uh, also for the large companies, then the, you know the outcome if that is negative will be very, very uh, big sum amount of money. So that's, I mean, for the startup company and entrepreneur, I would keep your way of working in good shape. You recognize others' uh, intellectual property rights, and then you are monitoring that nobody is using your your rights. There are some like uh, practical things. I give you an example. So um, you have probably registered like a new brand name, uh, but if you forget to use it, so you have not make any marketing material or something, then it could be that after a couple of years somebody can start claiming that okay, these guys are not using it, so uh, somebody else may take it. And uh, even the big companies may have this problem when they are using their main brand as a marketing and still have, they have registered the, like a smaller brands and uh, they need to use those frequently and you need to have like kind of evidence that, hey, if somebody's asking, yeah, this is the marketing brochure or this has been like a, you know, sales price in our website or so. So you are collecting that kind of uh, evidence in the case that somebody is challenging that you are not using it. But again, not too complicated thing, you just need to remember, check, 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 that you have done it. Yeah. Okay. So we were, we were talking about strategies and, 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 and that you should build up your, your portfolio and, and, and build up value. So Bob, how expensive is this? How expensive it is, is it to, to apply for a patent, to use a patent attorney and, or to, to apply for a trademark? Mm -hmm. Might be quite huge amount of money, especially in the beginning of, of, of a company's yeah. life cycle. I would say that the, uh, trade, like registering your trademark, it's a reasonable, cheap, we are talking about, about 1,000 euros level, depending on the country and depending what kind of uh, different products or classes, like the saying it, uh, you are uh, involved with that. So it's, it's uh, rather uh, inexpensive in that way, and uh, that's why it should be done very early when you are establishing your company or bringing the new uh, product to the market. The patent is uh, more complicated. Uh, the starting like a level of the patent application will be like in the four to 5,000 euros level. But then you're in the process, if there's a lot of that kind of uh, questions that is this really, really a new one and somebody else is challenging, there could be like a higher costs. But the basic application uh, is starting about in that kind of a, a level, like about 5,000. So basic application, the fee, or is it the, the, uh, the, the fee for the, for the uh, application, or is it the fee for the, the cost of the consulting? The yeah. So um, uh, the cost, is, cost elements is, of course, the, the service fee for the patent attorney during the whole process. And then, uh, there are like a slightly different composition for the different companies that it's good to ask that, you know, how they are like amazing the invoice. But in the top of that, like you mentioned, they are this kind of uh, official fees. Mm -hmm. And the official fees, of course, when you are applying a patent. And then what happens after the patent has granted up to this 20 year lifetime, you will pay that kind of uh, every year the annuities to keep in the patent. 
and the price for that kind of keeping the patent, keeping that kind of novelty monopoly for you, uh, the cost is going up all the time because then you are uh, not letting others to use that technology that has been patented. So the cost that the government is taking is, is higher to you all the time. So part of the IPR strategy is also to really think, okay, what are those patents that we do need? Are there any that kind of old patents that we really don't need anymore? Because why to pay that kind of a annual fee if you are not using them? And you can then save a lot of money on that. But this is something that it's, it's very good to discuss with the patent attorney and how the, what are the cost elements, what is the cost during the lifetime of the patent, and how you can yourself make an impact of the pricing. Is there any startup discount for, for, for the official fees, for instance, or is everybody, big companies, small companies, paying the same fee? Yeah. So the official fees are basically, you are not getting that kind of a Black Friday special <laughs> pricing from the patent and register uh, office. But there are uh, different kind of support elements from the Business Finland okay. uh, for the uh, Elukeskus uh, and even the, for the European Union um, for helping the smaller companies in this process. So the one quite common tool in Finland is called Innovatioseteli. So that is like a, like a money where you don't need to have like your own part that, that you can use for this kind of patenting That's or the yeah. trademark. So there are different kind of uh, support mechanism for the smaller companies and the professional uh, patent attorneys, they know about those. Okay. So you're also a business angel. Uh, and, and as a business angel, what are, when you look at a company, at a, a startup, and, and you want to invest or check whether you want to invest, what, what are you looking for? So of course, you know, if I'm interested about the, the business where the, uh, the company is uh, becoming. So in, in, in my portfolio, there are like a few different uh, industries in a way, but there are like a few common things. So there are companies that are doing something totally differently. Or then they are like a providing like a new product to the market, and uh, from the IPR perspective, as a business angel, of course, I'm checking that the basics are handled. So the company has, you know, their name registered, and if there are anything that they are going to patent, so they have started their patenting work already, because these are then the core for growing the valuation of the company. And of course, as a business business angel, I want to secure that my investment for the company is in good hands. Sometimes then it's like a helping with the company as an angel investor of providing advices that, hey, you guys may consider this and that to boost your valuation because the next funding round will be then much better for the company. Can you tell us a bit more about how, how this is evaluated? How, 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 how do you actually do this when, when there is a brand maybe not 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 very known or there's uh, an invention and how how are these how is this uh, portfolio then evaluated from, from yes. so if it, if you think about different kind of uh, IPR elements uh, each of these can be that kind of asset for the company and, and for the small startup you know being like a couple of years uh, working there's not too much revenue yet there's not too much, too many clients or that kind of stuff. And then it's extremely important that you create what is the core value of your company? 
We are talking about quite often that, hey, it's about team. What kind of team you have? Yes, it's important part. And also there are like elements, how you can document your team and how it's working, your internal processes. And that's also like a part of this trade secret part of the company. So in- increasing the value. But this normally you are registering your uh, trademark. Obviously you own that brand. That's, you know, what you are when you are working the social media and different places. Mm-hmm. Then you have these innovations. Uh, and then you have something that you can probably license that you don't not going to use yourself. Because during the early days, the startups, startups needs to do many of this kind of a selection that, hey, we cannot do all our good ideas. We need to concentrate on this or that. Or it could be that uh, in the, your R&D process, you have like a excellent ideas, but in your main business, you are not going to use those. So what to do with those? If they are good ones, you can sell them. You can license them. So then you are like focusing on your main uh, differentiator factor that makes you unique. So these are examples of the things that I'm, I'm looking as an investor. And of course, it's like a key question for me that if the company has not even registered the trademark, mm-hmm. so where I'm putting my money, you know, if, if the company cannot go anywhere from Finland, it's quite small market to be active. So these are like a questions that the, the investor may think that make these basics right and then it's easier to support you financially. Thank you very much, Timo, for sharing your wisdom and, and insights. What's, this was very interesting. What are the key takeaways? I would say the one t- key takeaway is that uh, the startup companies should do the basics in the right way, because that's then that kind of a, uh, the key for to create scalable business. That's number one. The second one is that uh, the IPR is, as a process, is not your like a main task. You should be focusing on your business and the clients and the product releases. So use professional guys to handle the IPR. Don't spend your time on that because your time is needed for the main business. And the third one is that uh, when entering into the new markets, check that you are not infringing anybody else's IPRs. So then you can avoid that kind of mistakes uh, that can be costly for you in the long run. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you, Pedro.